There are four people here today. My wife, my children, her grandchildren. They gave me a new home. And Debbie, Mike, and everyone here today, you gave that to her. As her son, I am very grateful to you all. Thank you. Okay, Ma. Rhode Island. Welcome to This Is Us Too. It's a podcast dedicated to the show This Is Us on NBC. So sit back, relax, and let's have a good cry. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. My name is Mary Larson. My name is Blake. Oh, boy, this episode hit me like a ton of bricks. Not even bricks. Not even a ton. How about is there like a what what kind of like measurement is there for like a, a like a a hundred tons? Is it just a hundred tons? Is is it a a hundred ton? A hundred ton. <laughs> Let me see, Blake. I will Google it right now for you. Sure. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even what know. Whatever. Stats are for nerds it's because true. it's a blue whale weighs that much. So. Yeah, sure. You're welcome. This one hit me like a blue whale, ladies and gents. Uh, wow. What an episode. Uh, and I understand that if it didn't hit some people like the way that it did to me, I, I appreciate that because, you know, th- there's a lot of things happening uh, in this episode that relate specifically to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Mary, I just got to tell you, you know, as you know, as the listeners know, we we share stories here that relate to what, uh, you know, it, again, like it's this is us, too. It's it's us and how we relate to this show. And when Jack breaks out the tomato soup and hot dogs, I mean, I just started, I just started sobbing, uh, because I had a very similar experience. Uh, my mother used to make, and my mother, by the way, and I swear that this is us listen, uh, writers listen to us. I will, I will die on that hill for the rest of my life. My mother died of an aneurysm as well, and uh, she died very quickly. It was very sudden, as you guys, most of you know. Um, my mother used to make this very special mac and cheese when I was a kid, and you know we would have it during the winter, and it, it was just great, man. It was just this special mac and cheese that she used to make, and nobody ever made it ever like she ever did. It was just something special. And I went about, oh, man – maybe a little bit more than 20 years without eating it. Uh, and then one day I, for some reason, asked my sister if she happened to have the recipe that my mother had for the mac and cheese. And she said, what do you know? I just asked my my aunt uh, f- for that recipe. And yeah, here it is. I got the recipe. It's, it's straight from Ma's kitchen. 
And I was like, oh my God, this, this is like the universe just coming in. And, and ma- I made that mac and cheese. And Mary will tell you, I, sat, I, took my, I took one bite and I started just crying. Just and not even like a cute like Randall one tear cry. I mean, I I needed to be in therapy kind of cry. It was nothing has ever happened to me quite like that ever. It, it was remarkable how a taste can bring you back. It made me feel like I was fifteen again. It made me feel like I was twelve again. You know, like it just I I don't know why, but the 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 mac and cheese story is it's a it's a real one. It's true, and oh boy, did that hit me like a blue whale too. <laughs> it did. It <laughs> did. I'll never forget it. Oh, so uh, thanks man. to this episode of This Is Us, Blake made that mac and cheese again this weekend. Yes, that's true. That's a hundred percent true. And uh, by the way, thank you very much for those of you who are listening to us live uh, live time. Um, you all know that we are delayed in this episode. That is because uh, our little ass was sick, and then we had a huge snowstorm, a blizzard. Uh, but yeah, yeah, a blizzard. Uh, and and kids were in, not in school. It was. It's just been a wild week. So we're doing this a little bit later. Uh, though, if you're listening to this after the fact, you don't care. You have no idea. So you have no idea that we just had an, a, a horrible blizzard on the day that Tom Brady retired, and I that was a, a, an emotional blue whale as well. So many blue whales this week i guess so (laughs) so so that is that all right well uh before we get into this show we wanted to remind you that you can find blake and i on all sorts of social medias you can find us on facebook and instagram uh we also have all of our previous episodes of this is us too you can find those even on youtube um marianblake.com and of course we recommend that you join our exclusive facebook community just go into facebook and search mary and blake we would love to have you there all right, let's get into the show. Let's do it. All right, Marvin, this episode was entitled Don't Let Me Keep You. And as you heard from the beginning of our episode, that is the phrase that Jack's mother would say at the end of their phone calls. And Jack then uh, reiterates that at the end of uh, his eulogy for her. Thank you so much, This Is Us writers, for using the Mary and Blake commandment of book ends. You hear me say it all the time, ladies and gents, because it works. You cried, guaranteed, because of that bookend. The director of this episode was Jessica Yu. She has directed This Is Us before. Uh, the Club, uh, uh, a favorite episode of mine. And then also The Music and the Mirror, another favorite episode of mine as well. And the writer was Elon Mastai, who has written the episodes honestly and sorry. Marvin, what do you got for your lemonade rating? Uh, my lemonade rating for this episode is a 4.65. Wow. Whoa, coming in low. Yeah, that is low for me. Holy smokes. Okay. Sorry. Now, no, I mean, it's, don't be sorry. I mean, it, it is what it is. Truth is the truth, man. Mine is a 4.89. Uh, I'm, I'm getting really nuanced with the ratings uh, this season. Why not, Blake? It's the last one. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it's sometimes you, you got to bring in that. What, what is it? The hundredth? You got to bring in the hundredth. You have to. Because it's the final season. You got to break out all the stops. 
you just that's it. That's how it goes. You, man. I just love it because uh, of the shared trauma between Jack and his mother as it relates to Stanley and how they both responded to it. And another special thing happened. Well, you know what? I'll save it. I'll save that. So that is that. Marvin, your JBG. What do you got for your good? You're bad. And you're great. My good goes to Rebecca for driving four hours by herself, getting those kids dressed up in their funeral outfits, driving by herself to that funeral, not asking for anybody's help. When when Jack was nervous about them doing it together and uh, showing on up. Making it happen. Moms make the magic happen, man. So shout out to all the moms who make the magic moms happen. Moms always make the magic happen. Mm-hmm. She was up right on time. like Right on time. Oh my gosh. And you know, you know she had snacks packed. Because yeah. you know the after dinner party, the kids probably like, I don't like this finger food. <laughs> I don't like this. And she was like, no worries. I've got tang. Yeah, so I've much got Dunkaroos, you know? I've got well, Dunkaroos, it all. Dunkaroos weren't around I think in 86. that was more 90s, you're right. Yeah, no, if, if we're talking 86, oh, jeez, I don't even know what the snacks would be in 86. What did we eat as kids? I don't Cheerios? Uh, let's, let's look up popular kid food in 86. Popular <laughs> kid food. I'm like, what did I eat? 1986. Thank you to the Google machine for this one. We're gold, I assume goldfish were then, too. Um... The best 80 snacks everyone loved Okay. eatthis.com. Okay. Uh, let's see. We have slice soda. No. Nope. Very applicable. I had lots of slice. Of course you did. Hostess pudding pies. Rebecca would not have given that. No. Triple power push pops. Definitely wouldn't have given that. No. Dr. Pepper gum. I am out. Uh, here's an early in or out one for you. Out on Dr. Pepper gum. Okay. Uh, ranch dressing. Okay. This snack list stinks. Giggles cookies? No. Didn't have giggles. Squeeze it's absolutely brought she totally brought squeeze it's. No, you know she brought squeeze it's uh the juices things. Magic middles from uh Keebler. Funny feet ice cream. Holy No, smokes. Rebecca wouldn't have done any of these. Smurf berry crunch cereal. No. She totally brought the Smurf berry crunch cereal. No. Fat frog ice cream? Nope. Dixie snack crackers. I, you know, I think she just made peanut butter and jelly. Oh, and brought them. Care Bears waffles. No, she wouldn't Come have bought those. No, I'm telling you. This family would not have. Maybe she would have gotten Pop-Tarts, okay? Pop-Tarts like a very would be a good special one. thing. Sure. Totino's pizza roll, pizza no. rolls. Nope, no. I don't I'm out on this. I'm out yeah, on this, this list. Yeah, this list stinks and Funny Feet ice cream were... though. That is one I don't for I I legitimately have not thought of until this very moment. Awesome. So, shout out to Rebecca. That's my good. My bad. WTF? Where's Nikki? Yeah. Okay, we just spent all this time being with Nikki and Sally and all this stuff. And there's... Nikki's not there. Nikki isn't called. An abusive father is called. Nikki's not called. And no one even mentions Nikki. No one even mentions him. It's not like he's like in a picture at her funeral or anything. What the heck? Yeah, this is a big criticism. And then my great is, I know this sounds crazy, but what ifs, is the fact that Jack's mom had her death plan and everything paid for. I don't think that's crazy. Um, I'm just going to give a little notice to anyone listening. This is one of the greatest things you can do for your family is to have your death plan written out. Um, whether you want to talk with them or not, let or them even know. just planned out altogether. Yeah, or if you can pay for the whole thing and take care of it. Even yeah, exactly. If you can take care of your whole death plan, pay for your casket, pay for your plot, pay for the all this stuff. 
awesome. But if you can't do all of that, at least to have down, like, this is where I want to have the ceremony and, or, you know, arrangements and this, this is what I want to wear. And this is where this important document is. Um, Like my mom has everything done. Everything. It's all done. She's literally picked her casket. She has her plot. She has everything all done. I know. That is so your mom. But it's a very kind thing, especially if someone does die young and you weren't preparing for it. You know, if people are having a long sickness or they get really elderly, they may have had the time and the the conversations but it's these quick things like you know your mom's aneurysm or jack's mom's aneurysm that just gets you but she pre she prepared yep so i just think it's one of the best gifts that you can give to your loved ones yep all right my good was Catherine manheim the lady who plays debbie uh cousin debbie uh i i'm not a huge Catherine manheim like fan but what that character did for this episode was spectacular, especially as it relates to the contrast with Mike, the boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Debbie is a person who... (sighs) No nonsense comes from Debbie. She's a no-nonsense kind of guy. And she's pissed. She's pissed that Jack just finally showed up, Mm -hmm. and she's pissed that he thinks he's got to take care of everything. She's pissed that when he shows up, he's just kind of like, okay, I'm here. We're ready to go. Let's, I'll handle everything. And, and it's all done. And, and, and it's hard to say that I blame her, uh, because, you know, for that longest time, he was nothing more than a voice on the phone to his mother. And, I'm sure while she didn't mind, you can see that Cousin Debbie did. Oh, Cousin Debbie was, she was judging. But at the same time, the subtlety that Catherine Mannheim brings to this role is that there's also a slight recognition that even though she's pissed, there she can see that it's really hard for Jack, too, at the same time. She can see that it's that it's almost kind of like desperation mode for Jack of trying to learn all these things. Uh, you know, I was using this phrase to Mary the other day on, on a personal note, but like Jack right now, when he's in this town in Ohio, he's on the top of a bullet train and he's just holding on to the top and the, the air is rushing by and he, all this stuff is happening to him. And, uh, and he's just trying to catch up. And I think she recognizes that as well. Uh, the bad for me, Mary, what? like you, my bad, it begins with an N and it rhymes with Nikki. Uh, um, no, it doesn't rhyme with Nikki. You could say it rhymes with Mickey. No, it's picky, <laughs> sticky, dicky. I know. It, clicky. It's a joke, Marvin. <laughs> it's a joke. Tricky. <laughs> How many more ickies are you going to give me? I, don't know. <laughs> I, I Okay. The, the reason why I want to bring this up is there are two things at play here. One, obviously, it's just the, the Nikki of it all. Like, how does, how does the show not even acknowledge the elephant in the room? Like, like, does everybody think that Nikki is croaked? Right? And if they do, okay, then I kind of understand why he's not brought up. But you would think that at least because of the shared trauma with his, their, their father, Stanley, that Nikki would be brought up to Jack at least once by Cousin Debbie or or Mike. Like maybe Mike doesn't know the full story of, of, of Nikki. Like wait, maybe he says, oh, man, I like, you know, it's so sad that your brother's not here. I wish 
I wish or even you- in the flashback scene when <clears throat> you know Jack enters the house, like you know with his broken sled, like Nikki could have been playing in the background. Yeah, like they're, with the they're, blocks or they're, something. It's just weird that he's not there at all, and I appreciate it's not about him. Yeah, but it's just weird since we're so invested in Nikki that he's not there. <clears throat> so, like, I like the idea that there is. I like the idea that Nikki is absent, but there should have been at least some sort of mention of him, at least in passing. And the show kind of just whistles past that graveyard, like hoping we're not going to notice it. But on the other hand, and what I will say in terms of of an argument for the show, uh, is Jack has kept his life from Nikki separate the entire time. And maybe everybody recognizes that. Mm. And that's why he's never brought up. That's what I'm saying. Like, I wish he was just in a picture or in the background of something, just something just feels weird because we've spent so many episodes of Nikki. Yeah. Like, And then like on another level, okay. Like if, if, if Jack came back and then said to his parents, yeah, Nikki croaked from Vietnam and they believe that he is dead. Like how, like I get why he didn't say anything to Rebecca about Nikki or he let Rebecca believe that he was dead. But what about his parents? Like that's a whole nother level of trauma here that I think is, it kind of goes unexplored, but it is there. And if you engage with it, like, wow, that opens your eyes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying there's two fronts with the Nikki thing mm-hmm. that makes sense. Uh, as for the great, uh, I have a, like a three-way tie because it, this episode was that good. First, I like how the shared trauma happens with, with Jack. Uh, and as he discovers things, we discover things as well as viewers. Like, I was worried that it was going to be, a, like, as you said, Mary, hashtag who are they a little bit. But it wasn't because everything, this whole story was told through Jack's lens and we weren't given information that Jack didn't have. Mm -hmm. Uh, We weren't like watching it with dramatic irony. We were watching it unfold as he did. And I think that's a very special writing tool that that the writers use to make sure that we discovered Marilyn's story as he did and it made sense to us. You know, and you know, it's interesting. So Blake's family through his youth uh, was very close. Yes. So, um, and did you go to funerals aside from your mom's? I've been to a couple funerals, but nothing. But for your family? Uh, yeah, like I went to my grandmother's funeral. Okay. And, and So it's, you know, but you didn't have all these weird, toxic, estranged relationships. And my family is anything. <laughs> I mean, like there were strange, estranged, toxic relationships in my family, mm. but I was relatively sheltered from it yeah. until I got older. And then I had all the toxic relationships. You're welcome. <laughs> um, you know, it's weird because... I found Jack's journey of meeting these people who've been in Debbie's life and her, you know, you look at all these people at the funeral who Jack doesn't know. And it it rang true a lot for me with people in my family who, you know, you just don't, you don't know their friends, you don't know their lives and you learn about them after they're already dead because of difficult things in, in your family, whether it was caused by you or them or other people and had nothing to do with you or substances. And, uh, I've, you know, I've had those moments. And when he sat there and I'm thinking, 
hashtag who are they, but that's the point. Yep. That's the point is that for many people who have these dysfunctional families for one reason or another, you don't meet their friends. You don't see these people until their funeral. And it's really weird yeah. to connect on this level about this loss that you all have together. And you knew different people, essentially. Yeah. You had different experiences with them. Yep, yep. Uh, the next one, the, the next uh, great for me goes to the director, Jessica Yu. What a job she did in this episode, uh, in 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 pretty much the entire the entirety of this episode, um, and in particular the cleverness of her shots, uh, Jack at the funeral giving his eulogy, or in particular uh, that shot at the bar where. Mike and Debbie and Jack and their friends are all together. And so he hadn't been through Alcoholics Anonymous. No, no, no. He hasn't at this been point. There yet. That was no. later. Yeah, yeah, that's later. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the shot of the rot the rotating shot of all the friends and all yeah. the people together. And then Jack is there, and as the, as it turns around, Marilyn is inserted yes. at the same time, and like that is done in camera. Like Milo Ventimiglia is sitting down, and then he gets up as the camera is rotating. That's how they did that. Yeah. That was sneaky. And you can see how it's done, too, because when it rotates, the person covers, uh, the person that's yes. opposite covers the entire, uh, in, uh, the their entire hair, shot. Their hair, their back, yes. And then you can, and, and then you can tell. Like, there's, <laughs> Makes you wonder, did you just like sneak under the table? <laughs> yeah. Like, did he just get up and step out? And the camera yeah. moved slow enough so that yes. that was able to happen. I love stuff like that. Yeah. The, the inventiveness of that. And it's all done in camera. Gotcha. It's just beautiful stuff. And lastly, and this is kind of related to Jessica Yu, but Milo Ventimiglia. This is the first big Jack episode we've had, I think, since Vietnam. And what an episode. Uh, the The direction here is spectacular. And, and Milo plays it so well. This is like... If this is his big goodbye to the show in terms of like Jack the character, this is a way to go out. And it's highlighted by the fact that uh, Jack the character is known for having these big grand gestures, these big family speeches. And when he is finally tasked with giving the big speech, can't do it. Mm -hmm. Can't do it. And Milo plays that in a way that just, it makes my heart sing. Like mm -hmm. I... Oh. Did you speak at your mom's funeral? No, I did not. Um, my cousin Donna uh, was very close with my mother. She was supposed to speak at my mother's funeral, um, but uh, she was too emotionally overcome, so she couldn't do it. So my sister Michelle actually ended up speaking at my mother's funeral uh, in place of, of Donna. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, and I think my Uncle George is the one who gave her, like, gave the eulogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my uncle George is my mother's brother, so uh, and who happens to be my godfather. So anyway, uh, so yeah, I didn't speak. I don't think I could have at the time. I was eighteen, and like, I don't know. I mean, I, I probably could have, but like, oddly enough, I didn't know my mother well enough to do that. I didn't like. I just started to get to know the kind of person she was when I was eighteen, as a person, not just as mom. Yeah, like, like, mm -hmm. and. I discovered how cool she was when I was 18 mm -hmm. and then she died. Yeah. And, and that sucks, you yeah. know, like 
So it's, 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 I don't know. It's just different. All right. You ready for the big three feedback? Yes. All right. We got some voicemails and some comments. And we said, that's three. Big three. Big three. All right. The first one comes from Libby Perry. She says, this one gets a whole box of Kleenex and 4.5 lemonades. Oh, Libby's fancy. She buys Kleenex. She yeah. doesn't use the Charmin oh, toilet paper. Come on now. Libby. That's, Libby. What you're are fancy. We doing? I mean, you are like high class over here. <laughs> You're like, like uh, Scrooge McDuck, you know, s- swimming in your in your gold coins. Um, she said four and a half lemonades. I never comment on these Facebook threads, but tonight I sobbed at this episode. The whole the home you build, the whole you build a better house for a better life, hit me so hard. When Jack thanked everyone for the new memories that filled up his mom's life, and then when he broke and said, I don't have a mom anymore, and just cried, then he pulled himself together and walked back into his better life in his better house. This one just hit me home uh, on so many levels, so many hard levels. I totally agree, uh, Libby. This is a this is one of those episodes that just, again, a blue whale, man. It, it just hits you. And... There is that moment Jack has when he says, "My, I just don't have a mom anymore. It's a wild moment when that happens to you, where you just recognize that this person that has been in your life forever just isn't anymore. It's a, it's a, it's a crazy moment. All right, you ready for some voicemails? Yeah. All right, let's do it. If my computer will play the voicemail, come on now. Here we go. Let's see. You know what? I'm just going to restart that page, and we'll play. Here we go. Hi, guys. It's Gloria from Methuen. Hey, Gloria. Sorry about my voice. A little under the weather. This episode really broke me. I would give anything to talk to my own ma again. It's been 14 years, but sometimes it just feels like yesterday. Um, I give it five lemonades, not because I loved everything in it, but the message it sent. My good was Jack making hot dogs and soup for the little big three. Mm-hmm. My bad was cousin Deborah. I mean, oh. seriously, lady, where is your empathy? The guy just lost his mom. Even though the six o'clock calls seemed really quick, I'm sure not all of them were. He had three babies and one wife. Cut him some mm. slack. Mm-hmm. My great was Jack's eulogy. Coming from a similar household, I totally get it. It was very classy of Jack to describe it that way. I was really glad to see that Marilyn had a new life and it was great of Mike to tell Jack she found happiness and love. That last line though, I don't have a mom anymore. Jesus, all the shaman. That's it. Take care, guys. Thanks, Gloria. Thanks, Gloria. Your cousin from Boston. Uh, yeah, so much shaman at that line. Just wild. And by the way, I can always tell how special an episode of This Is Us is when we have lots of feedback. And I have to tell you, we had lots of voicemails. So I I can't play all of them. I'm sorry. But we're going to play just some of them, and uh, we'll go on from there. Hi, Mary and Blake. I'm Fran from New Jersey, and I'm going to give this episode three lemonades. This episode could have been any season, any episode number, and showing it in the final stretch now with no other storyline really missed the mark. My good was Rebecca showing up to the funeral despite Jack telling her not to because no one should do that alone. But my bad was that there was no connective tissue in this episode to anything relating to the past, present, or future. I thought there were so many opportunities to have this episode tie in. It could have been Kevin five years into the future, 
playing in the snow with kids and telling them to come in for tomato soup and hot dogs, showing that tradition lived on. Mm -hmm. It could have been Rebecca and Jack realizing they wanted to be the type of grandparents who are around for everything, the way Rebecca and Miguel are now. It could have been the parallel of Jack and his mother, both leading lives that were secretive. Or it could have just been an episode about mothers, the way the last one was about fathers. But the biggest miss here was the absence of Nikki. The show has never been clear about what Jack and Nikki's parents think happened to him. And this was the perfect opportunity to answer that. And if the case was that they thought he was dead because that's what Jack told them, there should have been some questioning as to whether or not that was the right thing to do or a level of regret or remorse on Jack's part that he deprived his mother of all that time with her son. If they knew he was alive, that reveal could have been interesting on its own. Either way, the episode was presented as though Jack was an only child, and that was weird to me. Mm-hmm. Hashtag justice for Nikki. <laughs> Ending on a positive note, my great was the acting. This was not my favorite content, but for what was written, as always, the actors knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Well, Fran, I got to tell you, uh, this is why I love having the listener feedback on this on this podcast. And Fran, you, you've earned it. Fran and I are on the same wavelength you know Mary, she just she just rated things a lot lower than i did but that's but you know what it's a it's that's me too friend <laughs> it's a, you know it's it's a fair criticism and i will say i would be interested to know fran and if this is too personal let me know i'd be interested to know for people who weren't as moved by this episode who might be sitting here saying okay how does that relate like this is the last season if you still have your parents because i still have my parents and i wonder if this episode hit people differently yeah depending upon the losses in their life and if they got to have proper goodbyes or had really good relationships with their parents and felt felt fulfilled yeah. versus people who feel like their parents are ripped away or they had weird relationships and those parents are now gone so for me i don't connect with any of that my parents are still here and they are very active in my life yep so i you appreciate don't, you don't this have episode. that life experience no yet. no and that's not a bad thing. No, it's, it's not your fault. No, and so that's why you know. Granted, four point six isn't as low as three, but it's low for me. You all know that that's <laughs> low for me. So I hear you, and um, I agree. It didn't feel connected, but I I'm interested to know how many people felt like like Blake did, particularly if you've had loss. Yeah, and like I think there's a fair argument to be made here. Like, okay, we are in the final season of this is us they have been plastering all over the place the final chapter and the past number of episodes we've just kind of stood still in terms of the narrative we're getting a lot of great character beats and i i think you have to measure okay is this jack's character like the big final goodbye in terms of everything relating to his past life. Like, I'm sure we're going to get some more stuff between he and and Rebecca and the kids or whatever. But, like, that one big final Jack-centric thing, aside from the final moment Mm -hmm. of the show. But like she said, I would have loved to see Kevin do do the tomato Absolutely. Can I just say, though, Blake, one thing that bothered me is that Jack and Rebecca didn't eat the tomato soup and hot dogs. <laughs> Good point. Are you are you making the kids a different meal than yourselves? Because you got to stop that soon, okay? That gets really, really oh, yeah. old quick. Are you not hungry? And also, Jack, we need to see you have the Blake moment of yeah. eating that bite and having it hit you. Yeah. You just made it for the kids. And granted, I appreciated that, but I'm sitting there saying, aren't you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> why, why don't you just have a bite? You know, like as he's making it, take a bite and like, yeah. 
take a second to be like, like close his eyes and like, ah, yep. And okay. how have I not been making soup, tomato soup in particular, with the ladle? Like, what do you mean? Both he and his mom stirred the soup with a ladle. Oh, they didn't okay. have a separate spoon. They actually used the ladle so they didn't dirty up multiple things. You know what? Efficiency. That's I will is. say, though, I am efficient. I don't even ladle. I use the spoon yeah. that the kids are going to eat with, yeah. and then I just pour it right into the bowls. I'm not a ladler. Yeah, but the spoon still goes into the sink and waits for me to put it in the No, I, I put <laughs> the spoon. The spoon that I use to stir the soup with is the spoon that I give my kids no, to no, eat no, with. I got you. I got you. Right, we got, we and then got they one, complain that it's hot. We got one final one. Here we go. Hey, Mary and Blake, it's Denise. Just wanted to talk Denise? to you about This Is Us 604. Don't let me keep you. All the Charmin on this one. Yes. So much Charmin. As a mom of children who are now adults, I experience this a lot. They're always busy with their own lives, and we text a lot, but I don't actually get to talk to them. So I feel myself a lot of times when we're on, on conversations, I'll say, okay, I better let you go. So it's kind of mm. like my don't let me keep you. But – a lot like Marilyn, I just look forward to hearing their voices and hearing about their day. But in the same token, I relate to Jack and my relationship with my mom. See, my mom's been gone. Oh, it'll be. It's five years in February. And I find it really fitting that this week we are closing on her house. And I'm dealing with all the emotions of her not being here mm-hmm. as Jack is dealing with his raw grief, grief of losing his mom. And watching him prepare the hot dogs and tomato soup while his mom's doing it as well. Oh, my goodness. It took me to like the holidays this year. I was doing all of our meals and dishes for my kids. And those are the ones my mom would do for us. At the very end, when he tells Rebecca, I don't have a mom anymore, that was it. Mm. This has been my emotion all week, even after all these years later. I guess it's just a good way to remember that it's never too late until it's too late. Thanks for your podcast, guys. Really miss you. And um, I think I'm going to go call my kids. Oh, Denise. Oh. February's the worst month, man. February's a hot month, man. Blake's mom passed in February, too. And, um, Valentine's Day. Yeah. And you have seasonal depression in February every year. Yeah. And so, my miscarriage happened on Groundhog Day. Yeah, that's that's so... Thanks, life. <laughs> Good thing it's a short month. Get yes. out of here. Goodbye. All right. So, uh, it, Mary, I think you are right in that there is a, a real through line here in your reaction to this episode if you've lost a parent as opposed to having not lost a parent. And what I love about This Is Us is you can see yourself in these characters. That's the whole premise of our podcast. And if you didn't have a parent like that, and or if you haven't had an estranged family for a long, long time, um, I think it might have been really hard for you to feel deep feelings in this episode yes we love jack and yes we were sad for him and awkward for him mm-hmm. but i definitely think that those elements are necessary for you to feel deep connection and because it was just a jack-centric episode we didn't get to connect with other people and had there been small little extras where maybe you couldn't connect with Jack, but you could connect with Rebecca or one of the big three when they're older or something. Um, You know, I I think it, I think it's hard. So the, the, the theme here, I think keeps going back to trauma, obviously it's, this is us and there's lots of trauma uh, throughout the whole show, but this is, 
I think this episode is so special because of the shared trauma and how it relates to both Jack and his mother and how they kind of apply that trauma to each other, right? So Jack's mom doesn't want to be a burden because she felt like she was a burden to Stanley. Mm -hmm. Jack has his whole life, I think This Is Us has made a quite an exercise of showing how he has dealt with his trauma, and that is repressing all mm-hmm. of that trauma, making sure that it just gets cut off. He cut off Nikki. He cut off Stanley. And in a sense, he cuts off his mom uh, in, in many ways. And it all kind of has to run back to his father, Stanley, a little bit. Like, both she and Jack couldn't handle their previous lives. Uh, and at, in a sense, they both, they just, their coping mechanisms prevented them from allowing their lives to move forward together aside from the 6 p.m. phone call. Uh, what do you think about that, Mary, and, and how that works No, I agree. And I think what's difficult is where Jack was in life at the time of his mom and then his mom's passing. For any of you who have been parents or maybe your kids are now parents, they're on their own. Those years when it's babies and through toddlers... You don't have a social life. Like, it's been wild. Blake and I often say, you know, we're, we're the first ones of our friends to have kids. And a lot of our friends for many years were, would say, where have you guys been? Like, we don't see you anymore. And we don't hear from you. Or our phone conversations are short. Or I send you a text and you get back to me three days later. Mm-hmm. Those of you who are in the trenches right now of those first few years, you know why. Yeah. Because it is hard. So what I'm sad about is that... You know, Jack was starting his own life and figuring out his own rhythm and trying to create his own family in a way that was very different from his upbringing. And had his mom lived a little longer and had they made it to the elementary school age, Mm -hmm. to the teenage age, where he and Rebecca could finally breathe and sleep and not worry that their kids are going to choke on a grape or a Lego every single moment, he probably would have been able to create new memories and a new relationship with his mom. What's difficult is that all Jack and his mom kind of have to talk about is their shared trauma at this point. Sure. And because it's such a hectic triplet baby household, they don't get to have deep conversations. They couldn't create a lot of memories because she was too scared to come. And I'm just sad for him that, as I said, his mom couldn't have been there when the kids were seven, when the kids were eight, when things were calmer. They're not going to die falling down the stairs. I mean, everyone, uh, let's be real. Like that's when it is, when it's those one through three year old ages, zero through three, you don't really get to have adult conversations. You don't get to do all that stuff as you were honestly just chasing after your child or children. (laughs) And so I'm sad that they were robbed of that because I think when you do get to that point where you get to be an adult with your parents and you get to see them, like you said, you only knew your mom as a mom yep, and you didn't get to know how cool she was until she passed. And you know, the relationship that you have with my dad right now, for example, is really cool because you get to have this adult relationship with my father. We're more like, uh, you know, not we're more not companions, but we're more like colleagues. 
Yeah, friends. Yeah, friends. And I think you get to have that yeah. at certain points in your life, whether it is your older teenage years or like young adult years. And then it's very difficult during the baby years. <laughs> but then when they're a little older, you get to have it again. Yeah. And Jack didn't get to have the young adult years with his mom. Yeah. And then it was baby years. And so we didn't get to have it. And they were robbed of it because she was really cool. And it's one of those things, too, at the same time where... Like, okay, you have this shared trauma, you have this thing that you can talk about, but you don't want to talk about it at all. And I don't blame them for that. Like, this episode, I think, at least, again, I I think it tracks back to the fact that I I lost my mother in in a very similar way. But this episode is such an accurate depiction of that immediate loss and that immediate discovery uh, in grief. uh, And... The irony is that Jack only has so much more time left, right? Like it, I'm as he's watching his kids skate, as he's watching his kids eat the hot dogs and tomato soup. I'm thinking Jack's gonna croak in like ten years. Which, by the way, cutting the hot dogs that way, choking hazard. <laughs> Slice it down the middle. Long ways. I'm speaking from experience because I choked on a hot dog at three years old. <laughs> um, and it was cut that way. Oh, was it? Yeah, was it really? Yeah, you can't cut them into rounds. You have to cut them into semicircles. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, just just... Give, I'm just doing a PSA yeah. as, a, as a hot dog choker myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Wait. I'm serious. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, Blake. Um, another thing to recognize in all of this is that because Jack has done this thing where he's cut things out and he has repressed all a lot of emotions he, the funny thing is is that you think he's trying to do the noble thing like when he's walking back to his kids and like okay everything's fine like I'm alright like I just had this emotional break and I'm fine like that inherently as we have seen throughout the run of This Is Us has adversely affected his kids in particular Kevin, right? So, like, it's just this spinning soup of emotion that, while I agree this doesn't carry forward the momentum of the narrative, it does, I think, shed a spotlight on all of our characters. So, like, what are we here for, right? Right? Like, and I'm asking you this question, Mary. What are we here for? Are we here for the characters or are we here for resolution in terms of the narrative? I don't know. Like, but no, like, remember how, that, that that big, um, oh, the big debate in Lost, right? Uh, where it was like, okay, are you here for the mysteries or are you here for, um, you know, the characters themselves? Okay. So you want my real opinion? Absolutely. Okay. I think that This Is Us struck a huge chord with viewers because season one, it's all about losing a parent. And a lot of people can connect with that. And it made a lot of people grab their Charmin. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people find things that maybe they suppressed. And um, I think they wanted people to feel those things again. And we haven't had, you know, like Rebecca's obviously going to die. Yes. But I think they kind of know their audience are... Messed up 37-year-olds. Su- <laughs> they're suckers for parental death. Yeah. And, you know, this is a story that they could tell. Yeah. 
But as I said, for me, it's not something I have connected with. Sure. So to me, as a, as a child whose parents are still alive, to me, it was um, a great Jack episode. Like you said, we haven't had him in a long time, but that was about it. Yeah. So I don't understand the point of it in the final season. Yep. Aside from it being a good reason to have an entire Jack episode. Yeah, and I would say, too, that the show desperately misses Jack as a yes. character. Yes, uh, And you can tell. Like, yes. it's not we're just about us. To, we, have to, we have to get into the modern times and Rebecca and Miguel and all this stuff. And so yeah. we, needed, we needed Jack time. That, we're a sucker for Jack. Everyone fell in love with this show because of parental loss and Jack. Sure, So absolutely. you need to give us some Jack in the final season. And they were like, well, I don't know how he fits in. Yeah, so they they took they took a character study and just said, okay, let's plop it in the beginning of the of the season, and it won't necessarily jive with the 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 forward momentum. But on the other hand, we got another fourteen episodes or whatever it is for the remainder of this season. So when you start breaking it down in terms of what we've already seen, like a normal television show is between. 10 and 13 episodes, right? Like a normal, um, you know, highly produced, uh, high-end show. cable show. show. Yeah, cable a show. cable show. So when you, okay. So Network if, TV is double that. Yeah, double that. You know, t- between, you know, 22 and 24 episodes, you know, for the most part. So when you look at what we've already accomplished, we've gotten four episodes out of the way. That gives us another 14 or 13, whatever it is, left. That is a normal cable-style show where they can get into the forward momentum of the narrative, right? That makes sense? Okay. So I'm saying, like, they took this time to give us a number of episodes that kind of just, like, were, and now we can get into the rest. No, I'm fine with that. Yeah. I'm just saying I did not connect. I totally understand. Uh, but one I hope thing- that wasn't mean that I'm like, you're a sucker for dead parents. No, it's not me. It's true. It's true. <laughs> That's the reason why the first season. They're like, was who's so who's our niche market? I know, <laughs> messed up forty year olds yeah. whose parents died, <laughs> who need to cry because they didn't get to go through enough therapy. Yeah, they yeah. know that yeah. this is therapy yes. for them. Yes, they know that the that that shaman the stock is going up because of them. Yes, might as well lean into it. Um, the one thing that this show does really well, I mean, cable style shows really well is visual storytelling. And what this show accompl- what this episode accomplished visually is spectacular. Because every time Jack's mom called him on the phone, Jack's mother is bathed in warm light. Warm, beautiful light like orange, yellow, red hues that just like just ooze warmth. And Jack on the opposite end is just full of blues and greens and very cool temperatures. You don't know it at the time, but your brain is telling you Jack's mom is okay with the relationship that she has with him at that moment. And Jack knows that what's going on probably isn't right in terms of his involvement. Though, at the end, when Rebecca shows up at the funeral and he is giving his... She looks fabulous, she, by the oh, way. Oh, my goodness gracious. With the hat and... Every, oh, oh. 
Just that's just that is. Kids just, must have been watching Mister Rogers while she got ready because I don't look that put together. My kids are old. A game, Rebecca, right there. A game. Seriously. Um, Jack, finally, as he's giving the eulogy, is bathed in that warm light as well, Aww. and it's so much so that Jessica Yu and Yasu Tanita, who is the who is the uh, the director of photography, Jack's face is almost completely shaded because when you have that light coming from behind somebody, all you see is a, a silhouette mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. And then you have that beautiful halo rights, halo light surrounding the silhouette. Oh my goodness gracious. Things I never noticed. I mean, that is cinematography porn. If I've ever saw one, I mean, <laughs> that is just, I love watching shows with you. I'm like, cut the hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, the visual storytelling here is just top-notch stuff. And I uh, I saw that and I again, you don't know it at the time, but your brain tell but your brain does. Yeah. And then you figure it out later on. Okay. It's really 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 good stuff. Do you have anything else that you like to talk about inside yeah, of this episode? I um I just wanted to point out one of the things that I really enjoy about this is us is how they depict the fiscal, like the economic level of Jack and Rebecca, because yep. the big three in life seem to be fiscally okay. We joke about it all the time. Like, what do these people do? How do they have all this money, you know, flying back and forth across the country a million times? And yet Jack and Rebecca have a very humble life. Yes. Um, and so when Jack's mom passes and they're going through his closet and, um, you know, he can't find something black and he says it needs to be black it's a funeral I can't, can't wear, wear dark gray yeah. and she's like well I think there's a deal at Gimbal's right now I think yeah. there's a deal and it just was so real yeah yep, and I love that this show does that I think there's so many shows that are unrelatable in the sense that people have these giant apartments in New York and yep. or just have this lavish lifestyle and I love that this is us just Feels like a middle class, lower middle class family with in the for 80s. Jack and Rebecca, <laughs> not for anybody else, but for Jack and Rebecca, there is yes. it, that is definitely a poignant um, uh, ad into into their character. Yeah. yeah, and the the only other thing that I need to bring up as this was something that I just felt completely unbelievable. Sure, how the hell did Jack's new black suit not have flipping white cat hair all over it <laughs> because you know good point he like took it out tried it on and cat hair gets everywhere and it don't go away no and you know that jack didn't have a lint roller no okay way. he's not one of those peeps nope zero point zero chance that cat was everywhere in that house <laughs> and he has a new black suit you know, he must have like sat down to tie his shoes on sure. the bed. Yep. Got a white butt. <laughs> you know? So I, I I was just laughing because I'm seeing this cat. And as he was putting on his suit, I thought, buddy, you need to get dressed in the car. Yeah. You, you don't know what it's like to have a cat. Nonetheless, yep. a white cat. I know. Hey, listener, you want to know something really morbid? I thought that when Jack was sleeping and he woke <laughs> up and the cat was on top of him and laying, I'm like, oh, no. The cat croaked too. <laughs> he really said that. <laughs> the cat's dead on him. I really thought like when she died, the cat croaked at the same time when it recognized that she died. Oh man, 
I got I got a little I got a little dark there for you did. for, for you a little did, bit. Blake. Did you feel weird seeing Jack drink? Because I did. Yes, only because of the dramatic irony of it. Right, like we know what's going to happen to yeah, Jack. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I isn't it funny? Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. It's so funny that you brought this up because I was I was going to kind of say the same thing about Rebecca showing up to the funeral. Mm-hmm. I just did a rewatch of The Sopranos, and I, then I watched the film that just came out, The Many Saints of Newark. And The Sopranos, the, the, the ending is famous. Everybody knows the ending of The Sopranos with the cut to black. And what was built up in that, uh, the tension that was built up. And David Chase, the showrunner, said, I wanted to do a scene where it was the viewer building tension. It, it had nothing to do with the show. The, the, what was happening, there was no tension whatsoever. But because the viewer was applying tension to the show, that made it a very visceral experience so then he did what he did and it cut to black and it is what it is it's funny that you mention the whole like did you feel weird watching jack drink thing because you the viewer are applying that tension to that moment the show isn't doing it it's a completely normal circumstance and the same thing happens at the funeral we the viewer are applying attention to what Jack is seeing as he hears that door open and close. We are applying that tension that Stanley is going to show up to this funeral. And when the door opens, we think, oh my God, it's him. It's Rebecca and the kids. Mm -hmm. And that is what allows Jack to talk about homes and building better homes. And uh, yeah, I, I really loved that exercise in the viewer applying that tension. Do you buy that kind of thing, Mary? Yeah, I do. And, you know, talking about just Stanley, uh, I, I wonder how many viewers couldn't believe that Jack called his dad. You know, how many people were like, why did he do that? And it made me think of you. How come? Because you would do that. What do you mean? Um, I think people who have, um, you know, trauma or emotional abuse with someone, Mm -hmm. You surprise yourself every once in a while and you still do the thing that's wrong because of a cycle. Because of that cycle. I I would get it. And you could argue, and I think Jack would argue, it's more of a don't show up because if you do, I'm going to kick your ass type deal. But, Mary, I think you're right in that there is a trauma there that he can't help but go back to because of that cycle. I think that's fair. 100%. Um. I think that's all I got. I agree. I think that's all I got for this episode. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Got anything else? That's it. You good? All right. You ready for in or out? I would have liked Miguel to go with Rebecca to the funeral. This is his best friend. Or was he his best friend then? Or did they meet later? I, th- I don't know. No, no, no. They met, but I don't think they, like... They weren't besties They yet. weren't besties Okay. Yet. I forgive him. Okay. Um, okay, yeah, because we have to figure out when did the Miguel Jack relationship begin? Which which beard phase did they become besties? <laughs> well, Jack met Miguel in with no beard. That's mm-hmm. when he went to go get the suit yes. for the club. Yes. Oddly enough. Uh, so, okay. like, when did it's okay? I did, forgive you, Miguel. It was when a did barefaced Jack become bearded Jack? And when did bearded Jack consummate his relationship? Well, his friendship rather with Miguel. And would Miguel have even offered to go for a four-hour car ride with three-year-olds? No, no way. 
Don't nobody want to do that. No, he has inflatables to, <laughs> so to put in his yard. In, so many inflatables. Okay. All right, let's do it. In or out. Wanted to remind you guys, of course, that in or out is brought to you by jointhenerdclan.com for all of the people that support what Mary and I do here. It's a very special place uh, where you get extra special stuff. Right now, I'm actually working on a knee-jerk reaction to the many saints of Newark. And also, uh, I'll be doing a knee-jerk reaction to Eternals because I just finally watched it, the Marvel uh, movie. So look for that at jointhenerdclan.com. In addition to all the other special great things that we have going on there, jointhenerdclan.com. What's it going to be, McFly? Are you in or out? All right, Marvin, here we go. In or out time. In or out on a four-hour road trip with six-year-olds. They weren't six. Those kids are preschool age. No, I thought they were six. No. No, they were born in 80. They're not preschool. Really? Yeah, they're not preschool. They look young to me. No, preschool is when they took... Like four-year-old? Yeah, maybe four or five. Okay, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, they're not three. You're right. right. right maybe they're uh, five. Maybe they're five. We'll right, just let's, say they're let's, five. Let's flip it. A six-hour road trip with four-year-olds. No. Um, <laughs> I can do road trips with kids. Oh, I know out. you can't. Out. Want no part of it. I know, because you just don't... I improv really well with you kids. You do. You do. I'm like, let's do I Spy. Let's go through Disney songs. <laughs> let's let's play all the games. I'm it, really good at it. it. The difference in us shows up when we're cooking as well. Yes. Mary's like, come on, kids. Come cook with me. And I'm like... Takes three me. times as long. Yeah. <laughs> Huge mess. And I'm like, leave me alone. I'm going to put ear pods in. I'm going to cook. It's going to be clean. We're going to eat in an hour. We're done. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, interrupt Mary on funerals. Um, this is a hard one. I'm in. I'm kind of in on it too. It's hard, but it's good. It is good. It's good. It's good to accept mm-hmm. and let go. You yeah. know, even though, you know, losing the person, you know, maybe in some cases suddenly or not so suddenly, it's hard, but it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. All right, in or out on hot dogs? I'm in. I'm kind of in on hot dogs. Aside too. from choking. Yeah, don't want to choke on the hot dog. Don't. Don't Cut it cho- <laughs> down so it's That's a semicircle, please. <laughs> Even a triangle. So many good jokes. All right, in or out on tomato soup? In. Out. out. We make tomato soup for our kids once a week. Why are you that, that, out? I'm out because I feel like I'm drinking ketchup. Okay. Well, I don't want to drink ketchup. Did you not have it a lot growing up? No. Oh, because you were rich. Uh, no, I had... Tr- <laughs> You were eating those feet ice cream things, whatever the hell that is. I'm like, they couldn't afford that. They couldn't afford that. (laughs) My family would go to like the bakery resale store to buy bread. Oh, man. Mary just Uh, coming down from the clouds on that one. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm out on tomato soup because I, I don't want to drink ketchup. We understand, Blake. All right. In or out on the WWF? Like, give me the beef stew that's no. been freshly made. No. God, my chicken cleaning soup. Lady. Campbell's chicken okay. soup. That okay. is the ultimate soup. I don't I know. I didn't, I didn't continue. I want the chunky Campbell's soup, too. Our kids hate that. I know they hate it. They I like love the it. stars. Oh, it drives me crazy. In or out on the WWF? Out. Oh, so in. <laughs> the, the, the pageantry of the WWF. Mike had, Mike was smart. He knew. He knew. Everyone thinks it's fake. I mean, it kind of is. The The outcome is fake. But those guys are athletes. Okay. That's a legit thing. The, w, the old WWF, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, even even like The Rock, Stone Cold Time, I'm in. Now, I'm out. 
Um, in a route on seven and sevens, the drink. Out. I'm in. I like seven and seven. I can do it. I don't. Okay, fair enough. In a route on ice skating. In. Out. Because I'm bad at it. Okay. I like the idea of ice skate. It's like owning a boat. Love the idea of owning a boat. Can't do it. Means you need to practice more. Yeah, sure. I don't think my ankles are strong enough. That's the thing. What's wrong? What do you mean? I don't think I got strong ankles. I'm a weak ankled guy. Okay. I don't <laughs> got to work on that, man. But I'm, I'm teaching our kids how to ice skate. Uh, in or out on big hairy, hairy cats. Um, I'm out. I'm out too. Want nothing to do with all that. Cat I want hair. like normal cat hair. Yeah. Nice, tight ha- uh, cat hair. Okay, Blake. What? <laughs> nice, tight cat hair. There's no such thing. No, no, like closely cropped hair. Our kid, our cat doesn't have closely cropped hair. No, I think it's relatively closely okay. cropped. I think just, just normal cat. That's just normal cat hair. Okay. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> in or out on dive bars? I'm in. Depends on the dive bar. Okay. Depends on where you're going with it. Okay. I don't want sticky floors. I mean, most bars have sticky floors. No, I disagree. I don't know about the bar, that. The nice bars don't. But if you got sticky but floors... You just said dive bar. Yeah, but some dive bars don't have the sticky floor. I don't know. If I go in there and I smell if, if I smell the stale beer and have the sticky floor, I'm out. Okay. In or out, lastly, on steamy romance novels like Marilyn. I'm in. I'm out. You want to know why? Why? Unrealistic expectations. Hmm. Just you, you, you can't live up to the steamy romance novel. Why not? Because it's it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Jamie Fraser, by the way, king of men. Yep. Good advice, Sasanai. Great idea. Love it. Can't live up to that. You can. You He's can, not perfect. You can do a reasonable facsimile. Can't be Jamie Fraser. <clears throat> In or out, Jack Pearson better than Jamie Fraser. What? No. You're out on that. Yeah. Mm. I'd take Jamie. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, you got a hot take? No. I do. This episode didn't move me. I'm not inspired. <laughs> All right. So, Marvin, here's the deal. Remember how I had the take retraction last uh-huh. week? Yeah. Take retraction. No, I don't actually, but continue. <laughs> the take retraction was that uh, Cassidy and Kevin are not going to get married. Okay. I, I retracted that take. I'm reinserting a new take. It's going to be Kevin and Sophie. Kevin and Sophie are getting married. It's a thing. Okay. Well, want to know why? I'll tell you why. Because. Because Virgin River season three hasn't been filming. No, 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 no. If you remember back in A Hell of a Week Part 2... I don't. There was this great moment when uh, Sophie is giving a eulogy for her dad who just died. Okay. And Kevin shows up in the middle to support Sophie. Mm-hmm. The same exact donuts, way. Donuts, right? Yes. Okay. The same exact way. Good girl. Look at you with the donuts. I remember some things. The same exact way Rebecca does to Jack in this episode. And I think that is some... Uh, narrative rhyming. I think that is some good visual storytelling. There's some good cues there. And to me, it screams storybook love. It screams all of those things that Kevin is going to end up with Sophie. As you wish. (laughs) Anybody want to be that? (laughs) All right, you ready to close this bad boy out? Yes. Let's do it. 
thank you all so very much for tuning in. And if you are in live time, thank you for your patience. This week has been B-A-N-A-N-A-S, oh. as Gwen Stefani would say. So bananas. So, you know, this is life. This is life and with a blizzard and with kids and COVID kids. and all, all the things. <laughs> they they didn't the have things. COVID, which they is didn't. good. No COVID. No. Just earaches and... God. I put olive oil in my kid's ear. <laughs> I don't even know, man. I was Googling stuff. It's been bananas. So we're we're here. Did, we didn't put a banana in the ear, which we is good. We did not put a banana that in the That was ear. not an option. The olive oil worked. <laughs> it did work. I know. They were good. Hey, and they had some tomato soup. All better. No hot dogs, though. No. All right. So on that <laughs> note, thank you all so much. Thank you to our patrons at jointhenerdclan.com. My name's Mary. My name is Blake. This is us, too.